0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We read and hear about public scandals daily in the news. We're strangely drawn to learn the details of famous people who have fallen from grace. But is God ever involved in scandal? The scriptures say He is. Stay with us for our message, The Scandal of God.
1: Public scandals are a part of our daily news diet, and we're strangely drawn to learn the details of famous people, people we know, who have become ensnared in some immorality that has caused them to fall from grace. But could God, the holy, almighty God, be involved in scandal? That's the news that I want to share with you today, and I believe it's the best news ever. Let's pray. Lord God, by your Holy Spirit, speak to us from the wisdom of your word. Help us to understand your heart for us, and help us, Lord, to be open to the grace that is poured out to us in Jesus, your Son, Open us to the work of your Holy Spirit to enlighten us that we might trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's scripture is recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is written, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I'll set aside. Where's the wise man? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed... Jews ask for signs, Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. It is an amazing truth that the people of our culture are curiously drawn to public scandal. He did what? She said what? We're drawn in to learn all the juicy details. Did he really take steroids? What kind of a relationship were they involved in anyway? Did he plan to sell his government position? Did the company executives cook the books to deceive the investors? These people involved in scandals that are in the headlines almost every day come from all walks of life. Famous people, politicians from both sides of the aisle, athletes, movie stars, TV stars, Wall Street tycoons. The scandal goes on and on, perhaps The scandals that draw the greatest scrutiny are religious scandals. The public revelation of hypocrisy by those who publicly profess faith, love, and loyalty to God, yet experience great moral failure. Pastors, church leaders, religious leaders. The scripture says, There but for the grace of God go I. In another place in the scripture, it says, Let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Scandal is defined as a public disclosure of immorality or failure. A second definition is a widely publicized incident of allegations of wrongdoing, disgrace, or moral outrage. A third definition, Scandal is an action or circumstance which now threatens to destroy the reputation, power, or position of a person. From a biblical standpoint, the word scandalon can mean to cause ruin, to slip or stumble. Scandal is an occasion of misfortune or the collapse of power coming through an individual's sin. Scandal is an obstacle on the path over which someone stumbles, or a sin that leads to an explosion of disaster. Most of the time in the New Testament, the scandal is always the issue which blocks a human relationship to God, an obstacle in coming to faith or the cause of a person going astray from the faith. It either hinders faith, or it detaches the person from intimacy with God. Today, I want to talk with you about the scandal of God. What if God himself were involved in scandal? The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, says, God is involved in scandal, the foolish scandal of God of a crucified God. What a paradox. The foolish scandal of the cross of the Lord, Jesus Christ. It is the ultimate paradox, the death of God, the death of an eternal king, the Messiah. The Old Testament says, cursed is the one who hangs on the tree. No wonder the message of the gospel of Jesus is such an obstacle such a scandal for a Jewish understanding of a relationship with God. And yet here it is boldly proclaimed, not only in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, but throughout the New Testament, the cross of Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Let's explore this idea of wisdom. When we think of wisdom, we might have an image of a wily old veteran or a wise old sage who knows all the tricks of the trade. He or she knows their way around the block. The classic Greeks defined wisdom as being fully and preeminently experienced to the point that the individual is adept in a specific skill Wisdom is the mastery and superiority of learning, yet it is acknowledged as a gift of divine grace. Wisdom is the superior insight into the reality of life in this world that leads to a mastery of practical living. In fact, Socrates, the great philosopher, said autonomous wisdom is no wisdom at all. In other words, if wisdom and knowledge and intellect are not applied directly to pragmatic life, it is no wisdom at all. The Stoics believe that wisdom imparts individuals with a knowledge of the system of the cosmos, and therefore wisdom empowers a person to live in harmony with the cosmos. It combines theory and practice. Wisdom, therefore, Is actualized knowledge, utilized knowledge. The Gnostics believed that wisdom is knowledge enabling a person's soul to journey away from entrapment in this physical realm back to the purity of spiritual essence. They believed that human wisdom was the path. To eternal salvation. For all people, wisdom leads to self-confidence, success, and mastery of the world. The human utilization of wisdom leads to personal gain. Wisdom is a means to power. The application of knowledge gives strength, intellectual prowess, and maybe even arrogance. Arrogance. Wisdom is a means to triumph, to conquer people and situations, making them work for you. Wisdom is a means to success, prosperity, and wealth. Wisdom is a means to independence and self-reliance. But listen, perhaps the most telling verse in this passage of Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 says, "...through the world's wisdom they did not come to know God." So if one imposes a vision of wisdom onto an erroneous understanding of Jesus, we might speak of a success Jesus, like a rabbit's foot or a lucky charm. We might speak of a nice Jesus who teaches us kindness, patience, civility, politeness, and good manners. We might speak of moral police Jesus that he teaches us a new ethic and shows us proper moral boundaries in order to hold the shadow side, the evil in us, in check. That's about like trying to hold a buffalo in a pasture with a weak fence. We might think of miracle Jesus as if he's our personal genie at our command, available to grant our personal whims so that life is never hard. Is that really the Jesus that God has shown us in the New Testament story of his life, death, and resurrection? How can we know God? The New Testament central revelation of God is, in Paul's word, we preach Jesus Christ crucified, the wisdom of God and the power of God to all who believe. It's a foolish scandal. A crucified God. Someone who is eternally alive and infinitely powerful, being put to death on a wooden cross. It's the story of the perfect Son of God, going to the cross to carry the burden, the responsibility, and the punishment of all people's failures for all history, for all eternity. He takes the sins of the world, my sins, on himself. The cross is the climactic revelation of God in history. The cross is the climactic revelation of God in the created order. In eternity, the cross reveals the truth of the cosmos and our human lives. The cross has a red river of life which flows to all who believe. The cross reveals the darkness of the heart of human sin and failure. A failure so perverse and pervasive and profound that God had to die to overcome it. The cross reveals our broken lives and shattered relationships so estranged that God alone can heal, forgive, and reconcile. God dies on a cross to absorb into his heart our evil and the punishment that we deserve And the heart of God bleeds to wash away our sins and make us pure. The cross reveals unconditional love. God demonstrates his greatest glory and power by stooping low to embrace us in our broken failure and offer us unconditional love. Why is the cross important? Because It fulfills the promise of God that invites us to trust his promise of forgiveness. The cross is a place of new beginning as the spirit of Jesus is poured into us to raise us up to hope again. The cross is a foolish scandal. It's the wisdom of God. It's the power of God. Think of it. Who but God could overcome his foes by letting them do what they want? Who but God could establish his eternal power and win victory by submitting to the enemy? Who but God? could kill all death for all time by dying himself? Who but God could use his last breath to forgive his executioners and release a river of grace available to all people of all time? Who but God could reign as King and Lord of the cosmos with the cross as his throne? We cannot come to know God through our obedience nor our righteousness. We cannot come to know God through our intellect, nor our power, nor our wisdom, nor our effort. God reveals himself and meets us where we are as we are at the cross. And so the death of God is the moment of God's total self-giving in love. Jesus breathes his last with labored breath and seals his unconditional love for you forever. So God invites you and me to believe in his action for us on the cross. This is the essence of the gospel. Jesus Christ was crucified in our place on the cross. It is a foolish scandal. The cross is the death of god but also the end of me it says in galatians 2:20 i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me and the life i now live in this physical body i live by faith in the son of god who loves me and gave himself for me in the cross god says you're forgiven Years ago, I visited with a Jewish couple in a former parish. I listened to the man of the family tell his spiritual journey, which was a traditional Orthodox Jewish profession of faith. He was a sincere man and worshipped regularly. I asked after listening if I could share what I believed to be true about God. I went on to share the good news of Jesus, the brokenness of our human nature, our sinful hearts, and how the Son of God was born of a virgin, eventually dying on the cross, the perfect God giving his life in sacrifice for rebels. It was a gift of unmerited favor, unconditional love, and forgiveness for all disobedient people who believe and repent in Jesus' name. Then God raised him from the dead, and God promises to pour his spirit within the heart of every believer. At the end of it, the man said, That's absurd. Why would a perfect holy God do that? I can never believe that understanding of God. It is a foolish scandal, an obstacle to faith, a stumbling block, for the message of the cross is the message of God's forgiving love and acceptance, and it is absurd and illogical. It is a mystery we cannot fully understand, a foolish scandal, but it is God's promise. For we who believe it's the power of God's love and the wisdom of God. In 1 John 4 it says, In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In love, Jesus takes the punishment we deserve, and by faith, we take the shadow of the cross as our safe place. It is the place where God comes to meet us. The cross is God's power embracing us in our weakness. The cross is the place of grace in Jesus' name. So whoever you are and whatever you've done, Jesus comes to you where you are as you are to tell you again, My child, I forgive you. I died on the cross to love you. I reconcile you to my heart and I ask you to trust me and rise up to walk with me. A love like that is always scandalous. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, as our eyes gaze upon the cross where you shed your blood and gave your life freely for us to be forgiven, we praise you for your glory, for your power revealed in weakness, and for your forgiving love. Thank you for the red blood which flows to us that we might be washed clean. Hold us close to your heart and never let us go. Thank you for the glory of the cross. In your name we pray. Amen. Hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has led you in faith to more fully trust the message of God's forgiving love and acceptance, no matter how illogical and scandalous it may seem. Many devoted Christian Crusader listeners have chosen to include this ministry in their estate planning. In this way, these donors leave a legacy of faith in Christ that extends far beyond their time on earth. To learn more about including Christian Crusaders in your estate planning, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Christian Crusaders cares deeply about the spiritual lives of our listeners. If you have a concern for which you desire prayer, please contact us by visiting our webpage and following the Is This For You link. Our board of directors and staff are dedicated to lifting our listeners to the throne of grace through intercessory prayer. Our internet address is www.christiancrusaders.org. All requests are kept confidential. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our associate speaker, Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa. Christian Crusaders is now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. From all of us at Christian Crusaders, may you have a blessed week in the Lord.